For all you elk hunters out there, chasing turkeys is basically the same thing. I know the reaction you just gave me, but don't knock it till you try it and don't try it without OnX. The Hunt app will not only help you find new areas on public ground, but I use it to find out landowner info to get permission on private ground that I see birds on as well. OnX Hunt has a special offer for you. Use code CAL to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com slash hunt and find more birds this spring. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. From Meteor's World News Headquarters in Bozeman, Montana, this is Cal's Week in Review presented by Steel. Steel products are available only at authorized dealers. For more, go to steeldealers.com. Now, here's your host, Ryan Cal Callahan. Several states are warning hunters about the presence of PFAS. No, that's not, uh, you know, some sort of uh, urinary tract infection. PFAS is also known as forever chemicals in deer and other wild game. This is, in case you didn't have enough to worry about, between CWD, epizootic hemorrhagic disease, toxoplasmosis, and COVID. I don't make the news, I just read it. Anyway, you may remember back in 2018 when Michigan issued a do not eat advisory for deer harvested near Oscoda Township along Lake Huron. Since then, Michigan officials have advised against eating deer liver from anywhere in the state due to the presence of these toxic chemicals. Maine issued a similar advisory last year for deer harvested in the Fairfield area, and in 2020, Wisconsin advised against eating deer liver from animals harvested around Marinette. A number of other states, mostly in the Northeast and Midwest, have issued similar warnings. PFAS stands for per- and polyfluoroalkali substances. These chemicals have been around since the 1940s and are found in everything from fast food wrappers to water-resistant clothing to paint to fire suppressants. They're known as forever chemicals because they're extremely difficult to break down. You can't burn them, you can't dissolve them in water, or destroy them with bacteria. Once they're on the landscape, they're pretty much here to stay. That's a problem because high concentrations of these chemicals can increase your risk for kidney or testicular cancer, raise cholesterol levels, and damage your liver and immune system. Not that I know from personal experience, but none of these things sound like a whole lot of fun. The good news is, 
that not all venison contains these chemicals, and the chemicals tend to concentrate in the liver. Why? Well, as you might expect, deer harvested near urban environments, military bases, and airstrips tend to have higher levels of chemicals. A survey of 27 deer in Pennsylvania found that while one of the deer had forever chemicals in its liver, none of the animals had high concentrations in their muscle tissue. Since the purpose of the liver is to filter out toxins from the blood, you can simply avoid eating the liver if you're worried about ingesting forever chemicals. It also may be easier than previously thought to get rid of these substances. A team of chemists working at Northwestern University published a study this year describing a technique for breaking down forever chemicals using low temperatures and inexpensive common reagents. If their technique proves effective on all classes of PFAS, we could have an easy way to dispose of these toxins before they infect our environment, which is great for the areas we haven't messed up yet. This week, we've got Snort and I's Antelope Adventure, Shooting Ranges, and The Crime Desk. But first, I'm going to tell you about my week. And my week, eh, you know, it's starting to get hard to keep track of. I am currently back in the South Dakota state, this time running around with Sean Weaver. We're filming a new episode for the waterfowler and all of us duck lore. As I write this, we've located a bunch of birds and have been told no several times to hunting them. But the good news is, we are finding ducks and geese and pheasants in numbers that suggest we will connect with them soon. Fat mallards, pintails, teal, gadwall, widgeon, a few canvasback, ringbills, snow geese, specklebellies, canadas, the gang is all here. Which leads me to the Snort Report. <coughs> Old Snorticus hunted so hard in South Dakota for opening week of pheasants that she really deserved a break. So we drove about 11 hours back home to Montana to hunt my antelope tag where I had failed to fill that tag opening week of the season. To kick things off, we set up camp, cleaned, organized, ate dinner, and went to bed at 8 p.m. Instead of my typical habit, of leaving everything a giant mess and rushing off to hunt. That decision to organize stuff, cool our jets a little bit, may go down in history as one of the better hunting decisions I've made. Why? Because it was relaxing. And the next morning, high on sleep, we were up early, we had a leisurely cup of coffee, the gear was already loaded, we hopped into a clean, organized truck, and we're into the antelope zone, in time for a big, beautiful sunrise. We oddly enough found exactly one antelope who was walking leisurely away at about two miles. I threw him an old Garrett Smith spotting scope, judged him to be a nice buck, so we closed the gap, parked the truck, grabbed the pack, and were in hot pursuit. Typically, it is not a good idea to try and follow an antelope on foot while it's on the move and headed away from you. but. In this scenario, I had looked at Onyx and determined it worth the risk. Why? Two big basins lay ahead of the buck, and I thought he might just lay up in one considering the early start to his day. You see, antelope aren't exactly early risers. You can find them, but they definitely get more active with the heat of the day. So anyway... We hiked across the big flat top and crossed the fence in roughly the same spot that I saw him. That was his last location. At a trot, we made it to the first basin, 
then slowed our speed. The wind was barely in our favor, kind of quartering into the basin. So in order to look into the basin while not being smelled, we kind of had to go backwards to go forward. So we'd slide back, look over the rim of the sagebrush valley, move forward, slide back, look forward, move forward, slide back, all the while trying to keep the wind right, only to determine that despite this being an incredible spot for an antelope, it was in fact antelope-less. Good chance he just kept walking, is what I was thinking to myself. We were about a mile and a half from the truck at this point, but we pushed onto the next ridge in hopes he held up in basin number two. Now, even a mile in antelope country is really nothing. When you get out on the big plains, they're giant. It's a wide open rangeland. Being on foot is, in my opinion, way more fun and certainly better for the beer belly, but the reality of the vast plain is your odds of finding and killing antelope increase greatly if you cover ground in a vehicle, also known as the Alberta Mobile Blind. And unfortunately for me, my clock was ticking. Only had a couple of days left of antelope season before the general rifle opener in Montana began. That's not when the antelope tag ends, but it does mean more people, and for me, that means less fun. On top of that, the forecast was calling for rain, which, if you're familiar with the area, you know moisture and clay make for impassable roads, horrible walking, and mud stuck to you, your gear, your vehicle, for at least the next few months. Which, you know, alludes to my second all-time greatest decision, and I'll get to that in a minute. So anyway, we worked the wind, peeking over the second ridge, and sub-ridges, moving forward, backtracking with the wind, looking forward into the valley, not seeing him, sliding back to the blind side of the ridge, moving forward, sliding back with the wind, looking forward, and eventually there he is. A herd all by himself, as the old outfitter used to say. 556 yards. So, we back up, slide back to the blind side of the ridge, move forward, slide back with the wind, 355 yards. Well, wash, rinse, repeat, we move as far upwind as we possibly could, just on the edge of a nasty little wind swirl, blowing them out of the country, slide back, 295 yards, that'll do. I snap on the Spartan bipod, which, when I began this antelope game a long, long time ago, the Harris bipod was like the king of all bipods. And there's still a damn fine bipod option, especially for the big prairie. They're heavy, they're extremely stable, they articulate quite a bit, they come in a bunch of sizes, they are a great option. The Spartan bipod is the backpacker's option. Very compact, very lightweight, pretty darn minimalist compared to a Harris. Now, the next part of this is just kind of an interesting observation. When I crawled into position on this goat, we were in an excellent viewing position. Could really look him over, judge those horns, make sure it was a big mature antelope, and it was. But this is something that happens very often in prairie country. You can crawl hidden on ridges without providing the frightening animal scattering silhouette and observe your prey perfectly, but often, in order to clear the barrel of grass or sagebrush, the shooter is forced to get forward of the ridge of that nice hidden position 
to a position just exposed enough to be noticed by your game animal, which is exactly what happened. But by the time he decided he needed to look at the bump on the horizon, he was dead. And here's where things get more interesting. As I touched off the shot, old Snorticus decided that it was her cue to go find what I had shot at, which is a very bad bird dog. I took my time, grabbed my things, made sure I didn't leave anything on the ground, collected my brass, and when I turned around, I was staring directly at a coyote that had just made up its mind to go after my spastic yellow dog. Now, I probably could have gotten a shot off at this coyote, maybe 55 yards. Instead, I said, hey, what are you doing? And, you know, situation dissolved. We dressed the buck, got a few pictures. The buck just so happened to expire within spitting distance of a two-track on BLM ground. Went back to the truck, drove up to him, parted him up, and had him packed on ice back at the camper, probably by noon. End result, Snort likes antelope hunting and was never aware of the coyote. Now for good choice number two. As I said, I was in the uh, Black Series camper, which is a super cool camper designed for off-road living. It's got this independent suspension, doesn't fall apart when you drag it down gravel roads, all that fun stuff. But it also weighs about 4,000 pounds dry, and mine is, of course, a hunting camp and full of stuff. So the forecast was laying heavily on my mind, as well as the fact that a mud-covered trailer would be way, way too heavy for my beat-up old truck to drag out. The next morning, the day before opening day, we got up real early, did some scouting for deer in a very fine mist that turned into a cold drizzle. By the time we got back to camp, we were soaked and cold, and I fired up the weather forecast. Quarter of an inch of rain on Saturday, one to three inches of snow on Sunday. I packed up camp, put my tail between my legs, Images of opening morning bucks painfully in my mind and headed for mom's. Sad to see that big, beautiful, mud-filled country in the rear view. You see, that rain starts. The only option you have is to sit tight, read a book, and wait for the dry wind to blow. A law enforcement friend of mine notified me that the local sheriff's department had been attempting search and rescue operations for several groups scattered throughout eastern Montana that opening weekend. I'm not here to say I told you so, but I do hope you stayed the hell off of the ranch roads. Every single block management map has rules on the back, no driving on wet roads. If you wondered why that rule exists and you tried it, I'm sure you now know. As for the rest of you, I hope you had a great opening weekend. One last thing before we move on to the hard-hitting news, season 11 of Meat Eater is now live. We are releasing one episode at a time exclusively at TheMeatEater.com. Be sure to check it out there. Spearfishing, angling, archery, rifle, shotguns, moose, bucks, bulls, ducks, and so much more only at TheMeatEater.com. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. If you're confused about what part you need, like what wipers are going to be the best, what replacement headlights are going to be the best, go into O'Reilly and talk to the people that work there because they're great and they're super friendly and they'll get you squared away where you walk out knowing you got the right thing. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry 
if you're in a jam. Do you need your windshield wipers replaced? You need a brake light fixed? You need some quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. Now, a lot of you guys are familiar with the old hunting tradition of eating, you know, some organ, the heart or a chunk of liver off the first animal you kill. I had that when I was a little kid and it was a big deal. Organ meats were always prized by frontier people who knew the importance of getting a lot of different minerals and nutrients. And as often is the case, those guys were on to something because organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. And you can get the same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from heart and soil made exclusively from regeneratively raised grass-fed and finished cattle heart and soils unique freeze-drying process means all those important nutrients are trapped in ensuring you experience every one of the benefits of nature's superfood in a clean convenient taste-free capsule find out more at heartandsoil.co and make sure to use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. That's heartandsoil.co. Use the code MEATEATER. For all you elk hunters out there, chasing turkeys is basically the same thing. I know the reaction you just gave me, but don't knock it till you try it and don't try it without OnX. The Hunt app will not only help you find new areas on public ground, but I use it to find out landowner info to get permission on private ground that I see birds on as well. Onyx Hunt has a special offer for you. Use code CAL to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com hunt and find more birds this spring. Moving on to the legislative desk. A congressman from Utah has proposed a bill that would require a shooting range to be constructed on every national forest and every district managed by the Bureau of Land Management. The ranges would not be allowed to charge a user fee and would have to accommodate rifles, pistols, and shotguns. Congressman Blake Moore introduced the bill to give hunters a safe place to sight in their rifles or practice their marksmanship. He also says it will enhance Pittman-Robertson funding presumably by encouraging more people to take up rifle hunting, or just shooting. It's been endorsed by several big outdoor and conservation organizations, including the Congressional Sportsman's Foundation, Ducks Unlimited, and the Mule Deer Foundation. This might surprise you if you live in an urban area or a largely private land state, but folks out west often shoot firearms on areas of public land not designated as shooting ranges. The tracts of land are so big that this isn't usually a problem, but accidents have happened. I know I'm speaking to the choir here, but it's worth a reminder. Never shoot a gun without an appropriate backstop. And no, a tree is not enough, nor is it appropriate. Especially with a high-powered hunting cartridge. I've seen bullets zip through trees the size of my torso. Get yourself a nice big hillside, set up your target, preferably a compostable and biodegradable one, like a cardboard box with no stupid stickers on it, and then pick up trash when you leave. 
There's no sense being a slob or going to jail for a nasty accident just because you wanted to sight in your deer rifle. If you'd like to weigh in on Congressman Moore's bill, it's called the Range Access Act, and it's currently before the House Natural Resources Committee. You'll want to get in touch with your U.S. representative. In California, another gun-related bill is having some consequences its authors may or may not have intended. In June of this year, Governor Gavin Newsom signed a bill making it illegal for a, quote, firearm industry member to market firearms to minors. And we're not talking guys with hard hats and picks. The bill supporters say they're horrified by gun companies that run ads for youth-sized firearms, and the bill imposes a $25,000 civil penalty for each violation. The problem is that the bill defines firearm industry members so broadly it could encompass virtually any organization that is even tangentially related to firearms. Organizations that market hunter education, school-sponsored firearms teams, youth hunts, youth camps that include firearms training, and even short seminars or how-to events could be caught up in the net of this law, according to the Sportsman's Alliance. Paul Kane, president of SoCal Top Guns, runs a program aimed at teaching kids gun safety and competitive shotgun shooting. He says they've shut down their entire operation in fear of that $25,000 penalty, and they appear to have taken down the homepage of their website. It's still possible for kids to take hunter ed courses in California, contrary to what I've been seeing online, and the activities themselves are not banned. But you can see how this bill makes it virtually impossible for youth shooting sports groups to advertise their events and programs. In response, a group of outdoor organizations, including Safari Club International and the Congressional Sportsman's Foundation, have filed a lawsuit alleging the bill violates constitutional rights under the 1st, 2nd, 5th, and 14th Amendments. A federal judge said just last week that she's expecting to uphold the law, but these groups will still be able to appeal the decision to a higher court. If you want to get involved in this one, you can contribute a few bucks to one of the organizations bringing the lawsuit. Moving on to the crime desk. A group of six fishermen from Colorado were cited for poaching 460 pounds of salmon on northern Michigan's Manistee River. Another angler noticed that the group was using illegal means of take, and he flagged down two conservation officers to report the crimes. When officers arrived at the scene, they discovered that the Colorado anglers were snagging fish using weighted lures and rigs with weights attached below the hooks. The anglers at first tried to cut their lines to hide their illegal tackle, but they soon admitted what they'd been doing. Officers confirmed that none of the six fishermen had valid Michigan fishing licenses. They'd collected 17 fish on the bank and another 40 to 50 fish in coolers in their vehicles. Combined, they faced more than $4,630 in restitution and additional costs. In Oregon, Two hunting guides were forced to surrender their mules and gear after an investigation revealed they had been guiding out-of-state hunters illegally for at least 10 years. Neither David Ravia nor Caleb Richmond possessed a guide license, but they still convinced hunters from Michigan and Ohio to pay for their services. They told their clients to tell anyone who asked that they were just friends, not clients. You know how if your girlfriend or boyfriend ever introduces you as just friends, that's a big red flag? Well. For those of you who don't know, the same rule goes for hunting guides. 
Ravia and Richmond got away with their shenanigans for at least a decade until someone filed a complaint with the Oregon State Police Fish and Wildlife Division. The resulting investigation spanned multiple states and included the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. Ravia pled guilty to three counts of failing to register as an outfitter, and Richmond pled guilty to five counts of the same. They'll both have to pay fines, serve community service, and write a letter of apology to all hunters and guides. Two of their mules were also seized, and Oregon Fish and Wildlife plans to use them in the High Lakes Fish Stocking Program. I wonder if the confiscated mules asked the others on the pack string, what are you in for? Over in Idaho, a multi-year investigation resulted in 50 wildlife charges filed against five men. The group was sentenced this month to a combined $21,975 in fines, 15 years in license revocations, 330 hours of community service in lieu of jail, and four pronghorns forfeited. If you're confused here, the American pronghorn antelope, Antelocapra americana, also goes by pronghorn. Also goes by speed goat, even though it is not a goat. It is, however, the only true horned mammal that sheds its horns. Anyway, the case began when a landowner called Idaho Fish and Game about trespassers on his property. Conservation officer Chad Whipperman went to investigate and he found tire tracks and a small pool of blood. It looked like someone had shot a pronghorn from the road, thrown it in the back of their truck, and driven away. A friend of the landowner saw the vehicle the night before, which he described as a white suburban-style vehicle. As Whipperman was in the field following the blood trail, some different pronghorn hunters flagged him down. They told him they'd seen a white suburban with four or five men in it who had been hunting the area for several days. They said these men were being obnoxious and loud and yelling at other hunters. They couldn't describe these men in much detail, but they did give Whipperman a partial license plate of the Suburban. Just a few days later, another landowner in the area reported that a car he parked in one of his fields had been vandalized. It looked like a dead pronghorn had been placed on the hood to cover it with blood and hair. And the suspects had stuck beer cans under the windshield wipers. Here's Whipperman. I didn't know if the two were related or not, but I thought that was a possibility, right? Like, the same time frame, this group has been reported as being kind of loud and rowdy and doing obnoxious things. It's like, I, I kind of suspected it was related. Using this information, Whipperman tracked down the group of individuals, all of whom except one were from the same family. They admitted to vandalizing the car and going into the field to retrieve the pronghorn, but Whipperman could tell they weren't being completely honest. By the time the investigation was over, Whipperman and his colleagues secured 16 search warrants of the suspect's phones and other items, which revealed a host of wildlife violations beyond that single pronghorn. The group got hit with everything from turkey hunting violations to spearfishing violations to big game violations. Whipperman described some of the videos he found on their phones as, quote, disturbing. I remember seeing one video where they, uh, so they're driving vehicle there's two people there's a driver that has a crossbow and the backseat passenger has a crossbow and there's they're moving like they're driving the vehicle down this road and there's a herd of antelope running alongside of them and they're they're taking shots out the window of this moving suburban at a running herd of antelope whipperman couldn't say exactly why this family whose last name is phillips decided to make a habit of breaking wildlife laws he described these folks as, quote, successful, so they weren't killing animals out of necessity. 
Whipperman thinks maybe there was some ego involved. They wanted to fill the tags, and they were willing to do whatever it took. Whipperman can say that the case wouldn't have been possible without those pronghorn hunters who came over to talk to him. Yeah, it was really those other hunters. Had they not stopped to just chat with me and give me that little piece of information, like, I mean, those guys might have gotten away with it and might still be doing it today. I think that'd be my take-home message for your audience is we're all working for the same thing here to conservation and to protect wildlife. When we can get little tips, even though it might not seem like much, it can, it can really open the can of worms. I agree with Officer Whipperman there. Yahoo's will give us a bad name. Make sure you do your part to give us a good name. That's all I've got for you this week. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to write in to A-S-K-C-A-L. That's askcal at themeateater.com and let me know what's going on in your neck of the woods. Also, if you're watching those leaves fall and you want like the coolest tool ever to blow leaves off your lawn and also get a big old ripping fire going, go to www.steeldealers.com and find a local knowledgeable steel dealer near you. They're going to get you set up with like a clean, quiet leaf blower of the battery-powered variety that will totally change your bonfire game, and they won't send you home with what you don't need. Thanks again. I'll talk to you next week. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins.